Yes. Amen. Go ahead and get in your Bible to Proverbs. Proverbs. And yeah, we'll start in chapter 11. I uh, never know what to expect uh, from uh, this class. Some weeks we'll have like 35 and uh, other weeks are like this. Uh, <laughs> we're just glad for who's here. And I always hope, um, you know, people, if they're not going to come in person, would listen uh, online. Uh, like usual, uh, we're going to start out with questions that have been turned in. And, and like always, these are a, uh, a mixture of new questions and, and old questions that I just thought were helpful. Question number one, how should we deal with a tantrum in public, such as the grocery store or park? Uh, you need to just accept that nearly all children at some time or another, they're, they're going to throw tantrums. Uh, they're going to throw themselves on the ground in most cases. They didn't see you do it. It will just come out of uh, their, their own heart. Uh, some kids do it a lot. Uh, one of the things that's difficult about parenting is, is that uh, we don't get to handle everything in the privacy of our home. Uh, everything doesn't happen in the privacy of our own home. Uh, and like I said before, you know, remember in discipline, the younger a child is, the closer what you do needs to be to the act. Um, you know, a little kid, you, you know, you, I mean, by little kid, I'm talking about some 15 or 18 month old kid. I mean, you can't smack their hand an hour later for, you, you know, something they did. You I mean, it's got to be very close. Uh, when a child is older, you know, they can then the discipline can be farther away. And so what I would say when it comes to, to this stuff, I, I would never recommend spanking your kid in public. I mean, if it was 1955, you know, go ahead and whack them once. Uh, but, but it's not. And so you're going to have to be more creative. Uh, when our kids did that stuff, I did things like uh, laugh at him. <laughs> look, at the, look at how silly he looks. Um, I did things like you just walk away over there. And, hey, whenever you're done, I'll be over here. Um, you look silly, and then just go over and wait for them, uh, and then do things like on the way home, stop for ice cream. Uh, if it's just you have one child, just get one for yourself. Hey, I would have gotten you an ice cream, but you, you threw yourself on the ground in a grocery store. You don't get one. Uh, you're you're going to have to get tough uh, because you can't. You just a lot of things you can't do uh, in public, and you just have to accept uh, that. Um, question number two, if I force my children to go to church while under my roof, won't they later rebel when they move out? Let me ask a question and answer to that question. If you force them to go to the dentist or to the doctor or to school, will they later resent taking care of their teeth, taking care of their body, uh, or being educated? Uh, they might. But in the end, you know, if they resent you doing what's good for them, that's on them. You know, do what's right for your children. And having them in the house of God and prioritizing the things of God, I mean, that's the right thing. Hey, listen, every, I know if your children are young, you can't even vision, envision this. But uh, eventually your children are going to decide whether they want to embrace the faith that you are raising them in. They have to decide. And um, you, if they make bad choices and decide to, you know, rebel against their creator and the things that 
our God teaches us, you know, you want to be able to put your head on your pillow and say, hey, this is not on me. Uh, you want to tell how to live your life uh, with a lot of regrets? Uh, don't handle your children well and have them make bad choices. Uh, man, you, you want, if they make bad choices, you, you, you want to feel like, hey, you know, I, I did everything I could. Uh, question number three, should you worry about being reported for spanking your kids? Uh, like I said earlier, I would never recommend spanking your children in, in public. Uh, I think it's bad for you. Uh, I think it's bad for them. Uh, I think in our culture, uh, it's a part of your testimony that would be easily misunderstood. I would never recommend doing it. Uh, and again, remember, I don't consider smacking a hand uh, or something like that, uh, you know, discipline. If my kid is reaching for something that's hurting, going to hurt them uh, in the store, I'm, I'm going to smack their hand. I mean, you, what, what are you going to do? Uh, but I would never uh, recommend public discipline. Um, does that mean you're not going to be reported? No. You, you know, what, what are they going to really report if you give one or two swats and it's never an anger. What, what are they going to report? Remember, we, we talked about what discipline is, should be. Now, now, if you get super angry and wail on them and, uh, and then you call that discipline, oh, okay, you might get reported and not do well. But, but if you do your discipline like we've talked about in this class and it's under control, I, even if you're reported, what's going to happen? And in the end, you always want to do what's right and trust the Lord. Um, stop, do what's right. Trust the Lord. Uh, stop worrying about stuff like that. Um, how do you deal with discipline when your spouse and you do not agree? Um, first off, you need to accept the fact that you and your spouse are never going to agree on everything. Uh, and then accept the fact that you're not supposed to. <laughs> you know, if you think alike on everything, then one of you is unnecessary. Um, you're supposed to think together as a couple, which means that uh, every husband and, and dad and every mom and, and wife, you each have something to add to, to your child. And um, almost never are both parents equally good disciplinarians. Almost always one is a disciplinarian and one is not. I mean, there are occasional exceptions, you know, to that. And, and so you're going to disagree. Um, We'll talk about this a little bit more later. Do everything you can to not disagree publicly over your child's discipline, okay? Uh, you want to present a, a united front, you know? And if, if what's going on is not genuinely abusive, um, just let it go and talk to your spouse about it uh, later. Um, question number five, um, what do you do when your child tries to manipula manipulate you to get more time uh, at something or delay their bedtime? Um, first off, I'm going to give you an A for recognizing your child's fallen nature and that they manipulate you. Uh, if you got the mom glasses on all the time and don't think that your children are, are ever manipulating you to get their, their way, you, you know, you're, you're not going to really help your children like, like you need to. Now, depending on your child's personality and such, you know, they may try to manipulate you a lot. Uh, again, it depends on, on, the, on the kid. But I would say this, you pick a reasonable bedtime 
and then don't let yourself be manipulated away from it. Uh, your child's bedtime is one of the most effective uh, discipline and motivational things you have when, you, when your kid gets past, you know, four or five years old. You know, it, that's important. You know, being able to give them 30 extra minutes, taking away, uh, you know, 30 minutes. It, it's, it, it's super important. And if you are not going to be disciplined about it, you, you basically took a, an important tool out of your uh, arsenal. Question number seven, our kids are wild despite our effort to calm them. We're constantly judged and criticized. What should we do? Um, first off, none of us get to uh, parent away from everybody. None of us. Um, we live, all of us, to one degree or another, in the presence of other people. And so the first thing I gotta, would say to you is you need to uh, first honestly face the situation. You know, sometimes the things that help us most are, most are spoken uh, from the mouths of people who aren't really trying to help us. <laughs> and, and so you got to face a situation. Are, are your kids really too wild? You know, listen, you don't want your kid to, to act 25 when they're six. You don't want them to act 70 when they're 17. You, you know, there, there, there's some line where, okay, they're a kid, and some other line where, uh, all right, you have to learn to be under control. Because if you're not under control, remember, one of the most important things to teach our children is to control themselves. If they don't know how to control them, if they don't learn that, they're going to struggle in every environment in which you place them. They're going to struggle in school. They're going to struggle in a workplace. They're going to struggle in every relationship. And so you have to help them learn to control themselves. And so take an honest look at it. And what I would say is that um, when you really know that you're thoughtfully handling your children, it'll bother you less when people make remarks. Uh, people are going to make remarks. And I don't mean this as harshly as it probably is going to come out, but there's almost nothing worse than young mothers and how they communicate their successes and how it makes other young mothers feel. <laughs> well, we just did this and it worked for our kid. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with your kid? And, you know, whether they actually say it with that sort of a biting sarcasm or not, they just subtly, they make other moms feel bad. And so you're going to have to sort through this and know that you're doing what you're supposed to do. And again, it's a good reminder that we need to work to be gracious with how other people's kids behave. I want to thank God that God gave my wife and I the good sense when our kids were growing up to know that, you know what, there's going to come a day when our kids are going to do dumb stuff. And I want somebody to be gracious and patient with them. And you, you reap whatever you sow. Go ahead and sow being critical of everyone else's kids. Go ahead and sow nitpicking everyone else's kids. And then don't be surprised when God cause, causes you to reap that. Remember the Bible verse? Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. I always wanted to reap somebody who was gracious when my kids were being dumb. And so I tried to sow that. I suggest the same uh, for you. Uh, somebody said one sure way to make your child's future miserable is to give them everything they want now. 
Someone else said some parents could do more for their children by not doing so much for them. Uh, a couple of thoughts uh, about parenting. Uh, number one, success in this world and faithfulness to Christ are sometimes contrary one to another. Uh, I can tell you this, if you haven't felt it, you will feel this desire for your children to succeed in this world. And some measure of that is fine. Uh, but you have to desire that they succeed in their following of Christ more than that. And uh, those things aren't the same sometimes. Uh, second uh, thought to think about, to ponder, believe in your child and in God having a will and plan for their life. And then be willing to let them pursue it. Um, I can say this. I mean, our kid is not here uh, today. I, I never pushed our kids to go into ministry. Uh, I never pushed them away from it either. I don't believe it's my place to decide what my child's gifts are. I believed it was my role as a parent to try to find, help them find where, how God had gifted them and point them to that. I don't actually believe that it's superior to be a preacher when you're supposed to be a banker or in, install cabling or be an electrician or uh, run uh, work at a medical center. I, 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 don't, I don't believe what I'm doing is superior to those. What's superior is being what God designed you to be. Uh, and, and I think if you take that attitude uh, when you handle your children, I, I think you'll help them. We're today just on week eight. Uh, I think we're going to have 13 weeks together. I'm kind of pondering a couple of extra um, weeks um, because I'm not sure I'm going to get to say everything I really want to say. I was hoping uh, to get done before Labor Day weekend so we could just have a kind of a clean uh, break, but I don't know that that's going to work out. Still thinking and praying about that. Um, but as we ponder parenting, uh, again, I don't have all the answers. Uh, I have seen a lot, good and bad. I've been through a lot, good and bad. I want to help you. And so we always, we begin with the scriptures uh, because we believe with all our heart that our heavenly father knows more about what will help our children and make their life meaningful than I do. Uh, listen, all of us have our own plan. The question is not, do we have our own plan? The question is, is God's plan better for our kid than mine? And I believe God's plan is better. And so we have been, today will be our third and final week talking about discipline. Though we'll probably do some questions uh, still on it, on it next week. Um, but we are talking about what the scripture teaches about discipline. I know it's controversial in our culture, but it's not controversial in the scripture. Uh, do you remember the three basic principles? If God disciplines his children, we should discipline ours. Remember that? Uh, remember this, uh, discipline is for the good of our children, not our own good. And you will be tempted to discipline your children for your reputation. Uh, you need to discipline your children for their good. And remember the third thing, discipline is supposed to be grievous when it's going on. And because um, that's the way our Heavenly Father handles us. Last week, we started uh, talking about some other Bible principles and in the area of discipline, and today, uh, I want to do something that you may or, or, or may uh, like. Uh, I want to, I'm going to spend our time uh, today, I, I just more, I kind of, after we read a couple Bible verses, I sort of want to sit across the table from you and, and just chat almost uh, a, a little bit. Uh, Proverbs eleven fourteen. Proverbs eleven fourteen. 
says, where no counsel is, the people fall. In the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Well, what do you get from the multitude of counselors? Okay, uh, look at Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. Uh, it says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Uh, but he that hearkens unto counsel is wise. So if you listen to wise counsel, what's that going to make you? Okay, uh, look at chapter 15, verse 22. It uh, says this, without counsel, purposes are disappointed. So what's going to happen to your plan if you don't get any counsel? It's going to be disappointed. Uh, it says, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. So what's going to happen to your purposes if you get a wise counsel? It'll be established. Good. Uh, look at chapter 19, verse 20. Uh, chapter 19, verse 20. <clears throat> says, hear counsel, receive instruction, that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. So if you listen to counsel and allow yourself to be instructed, what's going to happen to you in the end? Yeah, you're going to be wiser. One more. Chapter 24, verse 6. By the way, I hope you uh, have some plan to just read through Proverbs regularly. Uh, I read um, 14 a month. Uh, so I read a half a proverb a day. And that lets me fail three days on 31 uh, day month and um, none in February. Um, I don't read a whole chapter in Proverbs. I feel like, for me personally, that's like too much information. Uh, I feel like if I go at that pace, uh, more of it sinks in uh, to me. I've been d doing this for, for decades uh, now. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 6 says, For by wise counsel thou shalt make uh, thy war, and in the multitude uh, of counselors there is safety. So if you're going to go to battle, what you ought you to do first? Yeah, get counsel. Uh, hey, that's not a good fight to take on. Uh, because if you have a lot of, in the multitude of counselors, what is there? Notice there's not that there's safety in getting counsel. Uh, in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Uh, now, if you've been around me or this church very long or, or much, you will hear this principle talked about a lot. Seek wise counsel when you make key decisions in your life, and then you make the decision. Listen, you answer for your decisions. You answer for them in life. You answer for them in eternity. Um, seek wise counsel. Uh, I always, uh, if I was making a major financial decision, I would always ask two or three people that I felt like were good with their money. If I was struggling in some area with what to do with our children, I always went to uh, some people who were older th than me, uh, had older children than mine, had been through what I was looking for, and, and I said, hey, what did you do here? And if I had, uh, by the way, I do it as a pastor. You know, I have something come up, and I've got um, uh, several pastors who are seasoned men, and I'll say, hey, this and this and this is going on. What, what do you think? And if I've got three wise counselors who say, hey, you know, I wouldn't do that with your money. Uh, I would do this uh, in that situation. You, you know, what that does, it makes me hesitant to, to do that, something opposite. If they all three tell me something different, 
then what that tells me is, oh, okay, this is really not very clear, and, and probably anything I do is going to be okay. Uh, and so what I want to really do uh, with you is I, I, I just want to sit uh, across the table from you. Uh, if you seek counsel, it's not a show of weakness. It's not a show of ignorance. It's a show of you being thoughtful. When people come to me for counsel, and, and quite a few people uh, in the church do on this or that, I almost never tell you what to do. Uh, if I ever tell you what to do, I will have a Bible verse that says this is what you should do. Uh, almost always, I will say, hey, you need to think about this. Um, this biblical principle, this thought. Uh, I don't want to make your decisions. I don't answer for your decisions. I have enough trouble making some of my decisions. Um, I, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Uh, I want you to have information so you can pray over uh, to make a good decision. I believe for the most part uh, in decisions that are not strictly biblical decisions, God will lead us in what to do with information. You get enough information when the decision is not a biblical decision and you're praying over it and you'll know what you should do. The question is, do you really want to do it? Uh, and the answer to that is a lot of times no. And the reason you don't get wise counsel is you really don't want it. But what I want to do is sit across the table and just as a parent to a parent, I want to give you just some, some things I feel like would help you personally. Here's the first one. Make the pain of discipline outweigh the fun of disobedience. Make the pain of discipline outweigh the fun of disobedience. People are very different from an animal. You, you take a lab rat, you shock him when he hits the red button, that rat is never going to hit the red button again. You take a person, and they might hit the red button the next time just because you told them not to. Uh, in fact, that's sort of my, you know, prior to being saved, that, that's kind of the way I'm wired and, and been sort of fighting that now for 38 years. Um, you know, people are not animals, but uh, understand that you need to make the pain of the discipline outweigh the fun of, of uh, disobedience. Suppose you have a teenager and, you, you know, you say, hey, you, you have to be home at 10 and they get home at 10.05. So your discipline for that is you chew them out for five minutes. I mean, so in effect, what you did is you trade five minutes of a lecture that they just click off for, hey, I got five more minutes with my friends. You know, don't handle your discipline like that. Um, you need to find something that's painful to them uh, and be creative. I grow weary uh, of people. There's so many questions about spanking as, as if spanking is literally the only thing on your option list for discipline. Now, yeah, if your kid is two, you know, there's not much else you can do. I, I get that. You know, but you need to be more creative. Um, use money, <laughs> grounding, uh, the television, the computer, the phone, email, friends, writing sentences, bedtimes, missing games, forcing them to sit with you in church. Uh, lots of things. You know, one of the worst things you could do to our kids when they were teenagers is make them sit by us. So well, didn't you want your kids to love to be with your parent? Please, you, you, when you were a teenager, 
You didn't not want to sit with your parents because you hated your parents. You were just becoming to be an independent person. It wasn't bad. All right. And, um, and it worked with our kids. So we, we used that. Um, we had grounding on all kinds of levels. You know, I mean, it could be as simple as you're, you know, grounded from friends for a week to, uh, again, he's not here. Uh, Caleb, at times, he, he was literally grounded our kitchen table for two months. You know, okay, you ground him a week, that didn't work. Uh, he hated to be grounded at the kitchen table. Um, you know, you couldn't sit with the family in the family room. You couldn't, you couldn't go to the bathroom for 45 minutes. You couldn't go up to bed. Just sit at the kitchen table. Uh, you got your school books, your Bible. And, you know, that's what it took to motivate him to do his work. Uh, he's a very smart young man, but was very unmotivated in that area of his life. And um, do what works. Find something. Make the pain of disobedience. Uh, uh, pain of discipline outweigh the fun of disobedience. Uh, try not to use good things as punishment. Uh, I would never recommend grounding your kid from church or teen activities and anything but the most extreme circumstances. Um, ground them from school friends, school activities, their sports practices. Um, I just think it's dangerous to take things in people that you want in their life. I would never use normal work chores as punishment. Uh, we'll talk about this in uh, a couple of weeks. You, you know, one of the most important character attributes we teach our children is, is to work. And, um, and so if you use work for punishment, you're, uh, you're feeding this natural inclination to hate work. Use useless work. Uh, dig a hole, fill it up. Do your siblings' work. But their work was, was never, ne- never punishment. Um, here's the second thing. Have clear guidelines beforehand as much as possible. You, you know, just really have it established. You do this, this is what we do. I mean, that consistency really helps. It will help you to not discipline in anger. It will help you to have a just punishment with the activity. Uh, I know it's difficult. Sometimes you're tired. Uh, Sometimes you've had a bad day. Um, When they're younger, uh, you may have to ignore some things to concentrate on the more important things. Uh, I always recommend, I mean, I've had situations where you got a teenager and, you, you know, they're not doing their schoolwork, they're smoking cigarettes, they're smoking weed, they're cutting school, you, you know, all kinds of things. And I always tell parents the same things. Find the things that are most going to destroy those, their life and focus on that. L- listen, I don't think you ought, you ought to smoke cigarettes, but I'd much rather have my kids smoking cigarettes than weed. You, you may not agree. I, I think weed's evil. I've yet to meet a human being who it helps them get close to God and has proper motivation in life. I've yet to meet that person. Um, Your child ought to clearly know why they're in trouble. Clearly. Um, Here's number three, be a team of parents. And we've talked about this a, a, a couple of times, so I just I bring it up again uh, because um, it's, it's hard. Uh, as, might, 
it might not shock you to say, you know, Sharon and I had very different ideas about what was appropriate discipline for our children. My wife is a softy. She is, and if you think she was soft as a mom, she's worse as a grandma. I mean, she is just a softy, whereas with me, I mean, I, it's the, the way I'm wired. And, and in the end, you know, that can make for a lot of conflict with, between us. And so what I would recommend, for the most part, is I have times when you're each handling them. Uh, when I was gone, she handled them, uh, which means I held my nose sometimes for how she handled them in my absence. When I came home from work, uh, a part of the way it worked in my house is I was in charge of the kids' discipline, which means she held her nose sometimes. Uh, listen, you, you, you don't, you're never going to agree. Just accept it. Make sure you agree in the key things. I, I don't really see it as a problem if, you know, Sharon was a little easier on them than I thought she should have been. I looked at it while, you know what? God chose her for their mom. They might need that softness, and I can't give it to them. And I hope that she, and I think she did, in the end said, you know what? Uh, I didn't think he's too strict, and I think he's got too many lines drawn, but you know what? God chose them uh, for him, and that means they need something he has. See, love and respect for one another go a long way into being a team. Never disagree in, in public. over. Don't, don't stop your spouse's discipline. I mean, unless it's genuinely ab- abusive, I mean, just let it happen and talk about it later. You, you know, you'll do more damage to your kid. If you don't think your kid, very young in age, are, are going to learn how to play one of you against the other, you, again, you don't, you're underestimating your child's fallen nature. Somebody turned in the question, when the mom stays home all day, should the father primarily take over discipline when he arrives home? Uh, I actually think it's unwise to save all the bad stuff um, for for somebody that's coming home. You know, I I didn't want my kids to dread, oh no, dad's here, it means we're all in trouble. Uh, I wanted her to handle it uh, when I was not there. And uh, you, you know what? And to have it be, hey, dad's home from work. Um, I, I would recommend that. And uh, not, now you're a team, which, which means, you know, some, sometimes there's uh, so, some lines. I mean, there, there was an instance, I remember Wally was probably maybe five, and he raised his voice to his mother. And, and um, man, with me, that, man... <laughs> She's a gentle soul. I remember going in the room, grabbing him by the shirt like this, and I said, you will not raise your voice to your mother. And then just put him back down on the ground. Uh, I wanted my children very young to understand anything their mother told them, even though it was generally too gentle and soft and vague. Um, I wanted them to understand, hey, I'm on her side. And uh, you're a team. Again, we're sitting across the table and, and, and chatting. Uh, here's the fourth thing. Use action more than talk as discipline. <laughs> and we kind of uh, talked about that last week when we, we talked about let your yay be yay and your nay, nay remember that. Uh, but, but all of us, well, let me rephrase that. Some of us tend to be talkers and other, other of us tend to be actors. You know, do something. And, uh, and in the end, and listen, I gave a lot of lectures. 
Um, but in the end, I mean, my lectures were very ineffective. The, the thing that mattered is action. And, 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 and so <laughs> act, don't just talk. Um, number five, do as much discipline as possible in a normal tone of voice and in your right mind. Um, I, I think I did real good at this until probably Caleb was about 12. And, um, y- you know, and, the, and then I, even though my goal was never, uh, I didn't achieve that. Um, we talked last week, and this is so important, design some process that helps you do that. Uh, this is not the only one. Again, what I said last week was we would say, go to my room. Um, and they would just go in there, and I would take a few minutes, and I would sit and think, okay, what should I do? And, uh, and then go in, and you, they're sitting there. You say, uh, do you know why you're in here? And sometimes they were dumb enough to say no, even though they really did. Um, okay, you did this. Uh, what happens when, when you punch your brother in the face? Um, I get a spank. Yeah, you're right. Uh, lean over my leg. And they would lean over. I'd give them one swat. I could count on one hand the times our kids got two, and they never, ever had three, ever. Uh, lean over my leg. And I give them one swat. I give it hard. I said, you sit there. I want you to think about this. Talk, about, uh, talk to the Lord about it. I'll be back in a few minutes. And uh, I would come back in in five or ten minutes after they calmed down. I would sit down next to them. And I would say, you know, I hate to discipline you. I love you. But you've always got a friend in your dad. I said a thousand times. You see, discipline isn't about physical pain. It's about damage to a relationship. And you need to have some system that separates um, your anger from what you do. Um, Number six, make the discipline appropriate for their age, gender, and natural tendencies. You know, different children have different temperaments. And uh, they might require a different approach. Find what works for your kid. When our kids got older, uh, they wanted more than anything to play in their Xbox and to be with their friends. And so for us, those were very effective things to modify their behavior. Um, for our kids, again, I wanted them to uh, learn something in school. Uh, for our kids, when, whenever they had less than 85 or 90 sometimes uh, on, a, on a paper or a test, I made them write twice the things they got wrong corrected. Say, so what? The point of a test is learning. They hated that. Hated it. And so what that means is it's an effective way to get them to do their work. Uh, somebody turned in the question, should the discipline be different for boys and girls? Uh, depends on how old your kids are. I think as much as possible, you keep it the same. But there's going to come a point, I mean, most especially when physical discipline is no longer what you're doing, where you're going to have to do what matters to that kid. I would never, if I had boys and girls in my house, I would never say, well, you're getting this because you're a girl. You're getting this because you're a boy. I would not do that. I would always make the basis, hey, this is what works for you. Uh, I would always do that. 
Uh, somebody turned in the question, when do you think spanking becomes inappropriate? What do you recommend after that? I think uh, somewhere generally between 9 and 11, depends on your kid. Listen, sometimes spanking is ineffective at a younger age. Listen, there's some kids with a super high pain tolerance. If you've got to hit them more than twice to get a response, you know what? You're doing the wrong thing. You really are. And, um, you know, the point of discipline is to modify behavior. Uh, I would always recommend a combination of positive things for good behavior and negative reinforcements for bad. You know, you're teaching your children, you know, whatever you sow, you reap. You want deeply implanted in their head that when I do bad things or dumb things, it's not going to work out good for me. When I do good things and right things, it's going to eventually work out for me. You're planting that deeply in their head. Take away cell phones, computers, video games, TV, friends, bikes, sports practices, games. Ground them from friends to the kitchen table, the couch, away from brothers and sisters. Ground them to their room. Put them in bed early. Remove entertainment from their room. Have them write sentences. Write applicable Bible verses. Spend hours in a learning game. Add trips to the ice cream. Renting a movie. Friends for pizza. Give them money. Extra time with you for good behavior. Uh, listen, teach them sowing and reaping. It's so important. Uh, number seven, direct the discipline at your child's act rather than them as a person. I would never say things like you're stupid. Say something like that's a stupid thing to do. Uh, don't say things like you're so dumb. That's a dumb thing to do. do, do you see, you're not, you don't want to attack their personhood. You value their personhood. You love their personhood. You're, 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 attaching, you're, you're attacking their attitude, their behavior. Very, very important. Um, <laughs> parents are responsible for some kind of discipline as long as they're under your care. Don't treat a 17-year-old like a 6-year-old or a 22-year-old college student. But listen, if they're in your house... You have some level of responsibilities. Our kids got older. How we handled them changed. I remember while I was a college student, he was home, uh, and uh, he was reading a Stephen King book. And I, I believe Stephen King's possessed. And uh, I just went, I grabbed the book, just took it out, and I threw it outside in the rainy yard. Said, it's your kid's book. Eh? And in my house. I, I mean, I broke, and Shane was there. I broke video games, um, that Mary... Yeah, that one Peter Pan thing with, who's the lady? Mary Martin. Mary Martin. I'm just like, I don't want to watch that. You're a male. Um, you know, I mean, just, I, mean I, I, I broke bows and arrows for pointing them at your siblings. I broke guns for pointing them at your siblings. Uh, I broke video games, Morrowind. That was like a $50 game. I probably broke that game three times because they would just keep going and buying it. Uh, you, you, Listen, people are people, your kids, are, they're kids. That's why you're there. That's why you're there. And lastly, do as much discipline as you can in private. Say why. When you're in public, your ego is involved and their ego is involved. Which means you're not going to respond as well as you would in private, and it means they're going to not respond as well as in private. I get it. Not everything happens in, in private. Uh, but as much as possible, do that. I, I've got to stop.
Um, but uh, fill out uh, something on that questionnaire. We're done sitting at the table chatting. God bless you. You're dismissed.